What if, if the Lord is sovereign, if he is who he says he is, what if rejection is a tool that he doesn't purpose, but he can use to get us going in a different direction? And what if it wasn't that you were rejected? What if the Lord simply selected you? for something else, and rejection was something you had to walk through to be prepared for it. Rebecca Carroll is on Life with Lisa Williams today. You can listen to Rebecca weekday mornings on KCBI in Dallas. And Rebecca's website is loveserveshine.com. Today's show is brought to you by India Partners. If you'd like to learn how you can help young women rescued from the brothels of Mumbai, come to lifewithlisawilliams.com and click on India Partners. This is this is, this is, this is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. Hello, hello. Hey, so good to hear your voice. <laughs> yep, I've got a little bit of it. So, <laughs> oh, bless <laughs> your heart. Yeah, you know how that is. You know when you like. Oh. I get low yeah. voice, you know. <laughs> it gets so low. I mean, I it's like so low right now. I could talk like this, but then you push it up and then it gets cracky and whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. curse of the radio person to get energized. I, I get it once every few years. Mm-hmm. And at my yeah. old show, the, like the country radio station where I worked, my co-hosts loved it. They thought it was hilarious. They, they would try and make me do sultry voice. So. I know. I know. Well, I was just telling God how thankful I am that you're my friend. I said to God before we started talking, um, thank you, God, that one Aww. of the coolest people in the world is my friend. Oh, I feel the same way about you. Oh, you're so sweet. I knew you'd I say that. Totally I totally do. I, I, you're and I'm so sweet. Well, it's, it's the truth. And here's the deal. So proud of you on the cover of a magazine. That's Thank really you. cool. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't feel proud at all, but I have this like childlike, isn't that cool? That's how I feel on the inside. I'm like, isn't that cool? It's so cool. You know, cool. my babies. Thing ever. And the mm-hmm. best part was they asked me, be encouraged. It's the magazine that comes out November 1st. They asked me questions. And so I just answered these questions straight from my heart and, you know, like where I am with God, kind of the mm-hmm. broken and vulnerable, but healthy version yeah. of me. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if I just feel blessed that I got to say what I got to say and that that will hopefully be in print so that people who maybe are hurting or feeling the pain of life or feel like they're the only one who hurts and so they have to act perfect because everybody else is perfect, they can read my article and kind of go, oh, well, she's messed up. So <laughs> <laughs> that okay. makes me feel a little better about my own crazy. <laughs> I'm exactly. there. Exactly. Oh. Well, so, I just, I'm, you've let God redeem, um, you know, you're, you're just letting him redeem a lot of pain. And I think that's the most elemental, uh, most important part of our healing, you know? Yeah, it's all interestingly new to me because as someone who, um, as I'm learning now and, you know, my healing process, I embraced codependency early and fervently. And mm. so I lived to make people happy yeah. and to, I needed to be liked and I would do whatever it takes to be liked. And it caused a lot of weird passive aggressive behavior in me because I just wasn't really honest with my feelings. Yeah. And so I've always just been kind of caught up in the crazy of why am I the way I am? And, 
and all this, you know, I've got to serve, I've got to serve, I've got to give, I've got to give. And um, come to find out, Rebecca, I was protecting my wounds, you know, the, the wounds of feeling unworthy or rejected yeah. or like I didn't matter, like I was invisible to the people closest to me. And so, man, talk about a lot of healing. So when you say redemption, I, I say, yeah, that's what it is. It's like redeeming my life to the place that Christ would have me the freedom that he would have me walk in. He's like redeeming my past, giving me undeserved insight, amazing insight. And now, because I don't make me want to cry because I've always been that girl who wants to serve, serve, serve. You know, I'm like, God, any opportunity you give me to share this amazing healing process, I'm obviously, you know, that's what I do. I talk, mm -hmm. I communicate, I'm trained in it. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I feel like there's a lot of redemption and there's a lot of honesty about the pain and the future's never looked brighter because of the health, you know? I love so. what you're saying. And that's such a good message for so many people. And, you know, what people don't know about us, Lisa, is that our stories have so many similarities. And when you said rejection, because one of the things that a people pleaser will do is they will overcompensate and say things they normally wouldn't say and not say things they should say. You know, I, I know I've been guilty of that a million times. Um, and it's all from fear of rejection. Yep. Yep. And I got an email from a woman the other day and it, like, it's one of those things my heart can't let it go because she read a blog that I wrote on rejection and reached out to me and, and told me how much she needed to read it. And she said that she had caught her husband in an affair with his much, much younger administrative assistant. Wow. And her husband acted relieved that she found out. I mean, not even a trace of remorse, just relief. And he's walking out on the marriage. Wow. And now this woman who's like a decade and a half, maybe closer to two decades younger, is going to be a part of their children's lives. And it's wrecking her. And I, oh, it just, get I feel it. so much pain. I mean, I, I feel her too. pain right now. It's like, it's just awful. It, it it's is. It's just awful that she, but she has to walk through this. This is the path in front of her. And you know, one of the things, because this is what's really gotten me thinking, because the very reason I moved down to Texas, you know, I'm, I'm a Dallas girl now, the very reason I moved down here from Kansas City was being rejected in like a whole host of relationships, like my college girlfriends, and then uh, a relationship with a guy. And I, I've just come to this conclusion um, that nothing shreds the heart of a woman like rejection. There's just nothing that's going to cut to the core faster or go deeper. And then I started to think, you know, no one knows rejection like Jesus. No one knows rejection like Jesus. I mean, the very, um, the very people that were supposed to celebrate him and anticipate him and love him the most were the very people that turned their backs on him, um, rejected him time and time again, rejected yeah. his teaching, even his family. I mean, there's one, uh, there's, there's an account in the gospels where even his mother and brothers didn't believe in him. They, they thought he was crazy. 
And as I've been trying to think about, you know, how I can walk through this rejection um, with my friend, I want to say to her kind of the same thing that the Lord has shown me. And I think one of the things, Lisa, it sounds like that he's showing you is that um, this is kind of just part of the process and it's part of the journey. But you know what Jesus was by trade before he started his ministry? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. And I want you to think about this because this is key. So Jesus was a carpenter in a rural village. And so the carpenters were like really skilled workmen in the cities and they were paid a lot of money. But in the rural villages, it was one of the more humble occupations. And so one of the things that Jesus would have been called upon to do, he would have been called upon to do two things. Um, One would be to build things. The other would be to repair things. And in this culture, Jesus and his father Joseph probably spent a lot more time repairing things than they did building new things. And then I started to think about what Jesus would do when he would build new things, because you have to remember, like, this was a really, really poor community. He was probably almost always using material that had been discarded. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like like um, he would maybe see a broken tabletop and he would see that and he would think, oh, I could use that for this. And so one of the one of the beautiful things about Jesus is that when we go through that rejection, first of all, I mean, no one knows the heart of a woman like Jesus. And he will take those tattered, broken pieces of our heart and he will rebuild it and reshape it and, and use the rejection to give us gifts like empathy, compassion. He'll use it to strengthen us and, and not to harden us, but to strengthen us, two different things. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and honestly, Lisa, I don't know that I would have a ministry at all had not rejection been such a pivotal part of my story, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, I wish you could see my face. My face, my body, everything is leaning. Like Rebecca is in Texas and I'm in Colorado, but I'm literally just leaning towards Texas. <laughs> because I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to just drink in every word because it's so, I think it's so relevant for for me and I know someone else listening because there's either a rejection that's raw like your friend, I mean, just raw, in-your-face rejection. Mm -hmm. I told you I'd be here forever. No. yeah. I want her now, not you. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Goodbye. Um, Raw rejection. But then there's also this rejection that we get and we, we bury it, we harden it, we deny it, you know, what all we do with these things in the past. And we, we're kind of this walking wounded person who can't even understand why we are the way we are, but because of this. So I, I just feel like it's eye opening to, to take these thoughts and go, wow, when have I experienced rejection? And did I even let the master carpenter remove that pain and replace it with something stronger? You know, I just, I feel wheels turning inside of me. I didn't, I mean, I didn't for years and years and years. And then, um, like not all that long ago, maybe a year ago, I had this moment where I was having like a total anxiety filled day. 
And as I was trying to go to sleep at the end of the day, uh, I couldn't sleep and I couldn't sleep. And I, and finally I'm like, Lord, what is wrong with me? And I had this flashback, like mega flashback, like I could have been there back to a situation in which I was completely, utterly rejected. And it was the event that caused me to move down to Texas. And, and the Lord totally brought it back to mind. And, and I felt like he was saying to me, how do you feel? And I was like, no, Lord, no, I am not going back there. And it was even heavier on me. How do you, how do you feel? And, and so I thought it in my mind. I said it to the Lord. I said, rejected. I feel completely and totally rejected. And keep in mind, this is like 15 years. This is like 18 years later, 18 years, Lisa. I have a career. I have a family. I have my soulmate and my husband. I am madly in love with him. Wouldn't change my life for all the money in the world. But those feelings never went away because I never dealt with it. And then the Lord just put this thing on me and reminded me of his sovereignty and, and reminded me how he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. What if, what if, if the Lord is sovereign, if he is who he says he is, what if rejection is a tool that he doesn't purpose, but he can use to get us going in a different direction? And what if it wasn't that you were rejected? What if the Lord simply selected you for something else and rejection was something you had to walk through to be prepared for it? I mean, I, I think about all of the broken farm equipment or broken kitchen furniture or things like that, that people must have thrown out that a young carpenter Jesus would have seen. And, and he would have looked at that and where someone else had rejected it and thrown out, Jesus selected it for something new. And that's just what he does. And so I was studying, even today, I was studying and looking up carpenter and, and studying carpenters in that age. And I just came upon this amazing little factoid. So carpenters in Jesus' time, um, it was a broader definition than we think of. We kind of think of strictly a woodworker, mm -hmm. but they were also engravers. And Isaiah 49, 16 says, see I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. I just want to say to the woman who feels so rejected, so dejected, so left behind, just forgotten about, I want to say to you, the Lord has selected you for something and you cannot even see the scope of his plan yet. But if you will trust him with the broken pieces of your heart, he is the gentle, loving carpenter who will put you back together piece by piece. You will never leave his sight. He will hold your heart in his hands. He has engraved your name on his hands. And um, this is just such another good one. Psalm uh, 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. And Psalm 34.18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I, I just happen to believe, and I know it must be so, that the Lord has such a heart for the rejected and those that the world would cast aside. So much love for the one who feels that, you know, that no one sees them, no one hears them. I, I think the Lord just those are the ones he selects 
to carry out his purposes for them and to glorify his beautiful name. Well, <clears throat> I hope that someone else listening is as ministered to as I am by the words of Rebecca, those thoughts, the study that you've done, the depth of those thoughts, those scriptures. Um, just thank you very, very much. Um, because there's something, and I know I'm not the only one experiencing this at the same time, where you want to believe that you are cherished and that you matter and that there is something, that you're selected for something. But life circumstances can make you feel like you're worthless, but that is a lie. And when you open up the word like that, it it brings me like deep joy and deep pain at the same time. It's like this pain joy of this is the truth. And though I have places inside me that hurt still from rejection, the truth like washes over me, I guess. Yeah. I know it's the truth. What you're saying is absolute truth. And I hope that someone who just heard those words will just rewind it right now and go back to kind of those spirit words and just hear that again over yourself and then rewind it again and hear it again over yourself and then rewind it again and hear it again over yourself. So, you know, I was just crying so hard. I didn't even know what I would say when you stopped talking, <laughs> but you know, you um, know, I, uh, I just, I, I pray for you all the time. I really do. I am. Um, I think God is going to do something. I don't know what exactly it is, but he has you in his crosshairs, sister. <laughs> name engraved on his hand. That's the part that got me the most. I mean, like that is so, that's so loved right there. I I just found it today. I almost fell out of my chair. Because he's an engraver. And now you know that it wasn't just, you know, we see him with a nail and hammers, make it a table, right? But when you think about his intelligence and the need of that time, what kind of work he must've been doing until he was 33, yeah. Um, and, and so to think about someone saying, I mean, like in the natural realm, in, on this earth, you know, you have this woman who's committed her life to a relationship and then there's this yeah. rejection that comes to her. And in that Horror. moment, it, it defines her in that moment. Like I am so worthless. Yep. And then it's like, she's looking earthwise. And then she, if she turns her head and begins to just look up, there he is. Yeah. Saying, let me tell you how opposite of worthless you are. I've engraved your name in my hand. It's like there can't be more worth. I guess that's what I felt. You can't be more valuable than to have your name engraved in someone's hand because they love you so much. And that's what, that's what Jesus has done. That's who he is. That's how he feels about us. And so, yeah. yeah. It takes my breath away. It does. Takes my breath away. He's so, um, He's so real. He's so real and he's so near and he's so present. And I don't know if we will ever feel closer to him than during those dark moments. Honestly, even in even when I was living in so much sin, in the midst of that rejection, I felt him like skin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I want that for everyone. I, I want too. everyone to have this spiritual openness to Jesus himself being with you in the pain that you've suppressed of the past or in the pain that you're currently walking through, that he is close to the brokenhearted. So open up your heart. It is so, it's, it's, 
it, it, it's so logical to harden your heart and run away from pain. Yeah. Harden our, your heart and our run our away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just totally logical. No judgment there. But if you will go against logic and open your heart to him and, and say, here I am and I'm in pain, come be with me. He will sit with you in that. And that has changed everything for me. Well, you know, um, and in the gospel accounts, it says when Jesus looked out on the crowds, he had compassion on them. And when you do a little word study on that, you find that the, um, the, the root of the word compassion is the Latin word compati, and it means to suffer with. I mean, he wow. sits with us in our pain. He doesn't just sit with us in our pain. He's in pain with us wow. in our pain. He suffers with us in our suffering. It's why he came. He came to suffer with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and and the Father of compassion. I mean, it it just, he didn't have to do it. He could have spoke our salvation into being because he can create with his words. He didn't have to go to the trouble, but he did because he had compassion on us and love compels us to move. And it was love that compelled him to step off the throne and enter into our suffering to suffer with us. We don't ever have to suffer alone. Amen. He loves us. Well, when Rebecca shares, for me, it is overwhelming in the best kind of way, Rebecca, because it's like the word, it's very powerful. And it's because she's a student of the word. She loves God's word. She would even call herself a nerd because she loves God's word. (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to talk about this and talk about God and think about God. And she's even in seminary now. I know. (laughs) I'm so crazy. So she gets off her uh, morning show on the Christian station, KCBI, with Jeff in Dallas, and then she's studying <laughs> the Word. So so thank you for um, just opening up your heart. Um, if you go back to some of the older Life with Lisa Williams in season one, you'll find five shows from Rebecca, five shows in a row, um, some of the most listened to shows that you know we've had that you may not have heard yet. So go back and hear her full life story, and you can also reach out to her through her website, which is loveserveshine.com, or you can do what I frequently do. I get up in the morning and I, I open my app for KCBI and I listen to Jeff and Rebecca. What they say, plus the music, is a wonderful way to start your day. But Rebecca, thank you very, very, very much for being on the show today. I love you, my friend. I love you too. <laughs> Hashtag thanks for listening. <laughs>